All right, I'm Perry. This is in the plain sight. And to my right, store of all things, place to be the one and only Mr. Brandon. I've been selling my Steel. soul, sucking dicks all day. You know, I, uh, as we record this. That's my... from the remix, uh, <laughs> Gay Men North of Richmond. It's about closeted homosexual politicians. <laughs> I wish I could just suck a dick in peace. <laughs> I think, uh, so our original conversation on this, which will have been uh, posted on Monday, I, I predicted something was going to come about to uh, be the downfall of this man. I thought he was going to relapse on drugs and alcohol. I think it's going to be something else, because the discourse, I don't know if you've hopped on Twitter today, It's uh, the downfall is already being plotted upon. I mean, look. People aren't a fan. They don't like uh, They don't like a dude singing about conspiracy theories. Well, it's just like, I bet he's not the squeakiest clean person. No, I'm actually astonished that... The real thing I think will take him out if it's not drugs and alcohol is I think uh, he's, what, 20-something? Somewhere in there. So he grew up with the internet. And yes, I'm going to guess the guy singing that song probably has a few tweets or Facebook posts lingering out there that may not be. It's also whenever I see someone talk about how they're living off the grid. Yeah. And it's like, you're 26. It's like, all right, what caused you to be like, I need to abandon civilized society yeah the only people who live off the grid are insane people or someone who like stabbed someone in a bar in new mexico when they yeah. were 23 and they have to flee the country which like that'd be pretty good for a country music career yeah it'd be great more i killed country. the guy in fucking south central arkansas i hope he just continuously sings about conspiracy theories and just gets more and more reckless with yeah. it until he sings about holocaust denial don't nobody know about <laughs> reptilians like me <laughs> just singing songs I'm about s- blood libel. I'm singing <laughs> when the tall will the white Jews leave our children away. Yeah. Have um, you talked about the JQ with <laughs> your family over Thanksgiving? <laughs> do, I, w- do, do, do. I wonder if that record label still exists. There was uh the one that used to put out you remember those those uh twin white girls who used to sing songs like for the KKK and shit. Oh yeah. 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 The I ones forget that the, converted. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now they just like, they smoked weed yeah. in their twenties. They're like, wow, we should stop hating yeah. everyone. Hey, did you know we're kind of being racist? But I wonder if that record label's still out there. I kind of hope somewhere there's just a, a unapologetically racist record label still putting out the hits. I mean, I think they're all racist, aren't they? Well, they were well, some more so than others. There used to be there was Panzerfaust Records. They were the ones who put out a shit dick. Right, right, the classic. <laughs> yes, the classic shit dick. <laughs> Damn, I w- that's what that guy. That guy should cover. He's gonna shit cover dick. shit dick. <laughs> the Richmond and North Virginia. <laughs> yes, the Richmond and Richmond are shit dicks. <laughs> Someone else who's a shit dick. Fucking David Wilcock. Yeah. God, I'm yeah, so glad is. to be free of this book after we're done with it today. I know. The it's, only the only downside is knowing there's more. Yeah, there's only one more, though. So hopefully it's not for now too bad. But yes, Until that one turns into a trilogy. I do feel like I've been shackled to these readings for a while, and yeah. they're just increasingly getting worse. Yeah. It's kind of like you're on, uh, if you're on uh, the writing staff or newspaper and you were tasked with covering a TV show, and like the first season, it's enjoyable, and then but now we're in like season nineteen, and yeah. it's just like they don't really want to be doing this, and, and the everybody's quality just, shows it. Yeah, everybody's just there because they need the money. Yeah. So this is uh, section six, August nineteen ninety nine, part one. I would like to point out, in the entirety of Monday's episode, we made it through one month. 
We yeah. are one month into the year 1999. There must be so many journals. Uh, yes, yes. Well, because he, this is, un, unbelievably, this is edited material. Yeah. This, this is, is he him, has cut some stuff out that's too personal. This is him distilling it. Oh, Christ. All right. In the previous book for Ascension, he gave us a firm date, which was, uh, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was when America's celebrating, like, this 250th or something like that. Juneteenth. Yeah, something like that for uh, when when Ascension will, will definitely occur. But then he throws this into the mix, which is, quote, we will all be protected as we go through this. The final Ascension event may not occur for another 100 to 700 years. All right, well, that's kind of a big time gap. But that, what I don't get is, so within whatever, 20 months, we're supposed to have the power to shoot lightning from our hands and we'll be able to fly and we'll be able to manufacture uh, tangible entities with our thoughts. Right. And then we've just got to hang out for 700 years you know, until I mean, something else happens. Who will want to go anywhere? Yeah. We'll all be having finger gun wars. I guess that it is no the fun. The dark days <laughs> of the finger gun wars, son. You didn't live to see that era. It was cruelty at an exponential rate. I guess it would be unfortunate to develop superpowers and then immediately be taken away. Yeah, I don't want to use them. Go to heaven, dude. I just got to be able to fly. Give me a minute. Yeah, what's the point of having superpowers if you can't do super shit with them? You know how fast I commute to work flying? So everyone, uh, you know, look forward to that. Sometime by the year 2725. It's so funny to imagine people getting superpowers and someone getting a DUI flying. (laughs) Because they just fucking veered off and, like, crashed into into a a mountain. mountain. (laughs) Uh, no, officer, <laughs> look, I've had maybe one or two cocktails tonight. Okay, is that a crime? Yeah, but the cocktails were stored in a pyramid, so they're extra They're extra powerful. His flask is pyramid-shaped. Yeah. No, it does, if I drink it out of the pyramid flask, it doesn't contribute to the alcohol level. Maybe that's all fentanyl is. It's just heroin that got left in a pyramid back in the ancient <laughs> times. And now it's extra strong. That's how the Chinese came up with it. Here's a, here's a little more traditional prophecy. Quote, the apartment that we live in does not have taxes to pay. The rent is brought about by our own continual dedication to be of service. David's note. Since I could not earn any significant money while writing these books, <laughs> I have had to enter into payment plans for back taxes. Michael foresaw this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I love that the, the angels are just like his tax accounts, and they're yeah. like, dude, you're fucked. Your back taxes are going to kill you. It's so funny to me that we have both ended up in a better financial position than David Wilcock. Significantly so. Look, sometimes the alter- oh, the alternate route is a long one, but ultimately you will end up in the same place. And we started this journey many years ago while David was uh, high on the hog, earning yeah. millions of dollars, and now here we are. Look, a short time later. Money is temporary, yes. folks. Hatred is for <laughs> hatred. Hatred is vitriol. Unlimited. It's the nuclear fusion of it energy. Is, it's the zero point energy of emotion. Uh, quote: Teachers have to still wonder about the precise ways and means of personal mobility in these eye-catching scenarios of time. David's note: Congress often has a ways and means committee. This appears to be talking about congressional spending on personal mobility or hover cars. This would be an eye-catching scenario. Michael's people are also ensuring we can catch the deep state, the eye, and prevent their plans from destroying the earth. I like how David's just like, hey, Congress might want to buy what I'm making. Which, 
for is he saying for congressmen? Like all the congressmen are going to be having hover cars? Or I think he's implying Congress will force everyone to have hover cars and thus make him a trillionaire. Something tells me if you're in a position where you're on a payment plan with the IRS, because I've been on those before. Thankfully, those days are behind me. But uh, you probably don't have the money to invent hover cars if you couldn't afford your taxes. That's not a cheap endeavor. Yeah, I would ass- upon. I'd assume you aren't terribly liquid. No, no. I mean, a hover car has got to run a couple million, I would imagine. Especially if they, like, garnish your wages yeah. and shit. Oh, God, that's going to be so funny. <laughs> the, every time every time David goes live on YouTube, the IRS say, is taking 30% of the super chats. YouTube takes 30, the IRS takes another 30, and then David gets whatever's left. Oh, this was this is an excellent one. David had a dream, and in the dream, there was a guy wearing a gray shirt. And that uh-huh. gray shirt said army on it, right? Nice. Remember that gray shirt? Gray shirt army. army. The next day, in real life, he was out about, he saw someone wearing a white shirt that said navy. Damn. And the prophecy had been fulfilled. That's like <laughs> diagonally he towards saw, it. He saw someone wearing a shirt that was a different color with a different word hey, on it. branch of the U.S. military? Yeah. Branch of the U.S. military? Even better, he doesn't explain what that would mean were it to mean something. Just that uh, it's there. So he had a dream about a shirt, and the next day he saw a guy wearing a, a shirt. I guess just to bolster the fact that he's right. Yeah. Um, despite David continuously saying we're being looked after and that we don't have to worry, it sure sounds like he's gearing up for a physical battle. Quote, when the time is right, the very scepter of silver itself might well be in your hand. You will need to know how to use it and direct it. David's note. The scepter of silver appears to be a reference to the ancient weapons like Vajra's spear, Thor's hammer, Zeus's thunderbolt, or Georgian Tibetan mythos. With this technology, a human of sufficient evolutionary advancement can fight directly with consciousness, such as by producing huge bolts of lightning. I think so. That's pretty cool. Well, so when David did the live stream and he was talking about how he has like a or maybe that was in the book where he's talking about like standing in his, his driveway, shooting bolts of lightnings from his hand. Right. Right. I think he's practicing for ascension so he can become like the ultimate warrior. Hell yeah, dude. David's going to fight for us. If he's our warrior, we're fucked. David's <laughs> going to, David's going to equip the silver scepter for more, more magic points. Cause he goes on to say, all of us will have the potential to develop these abilities after the first wave. This is why it's important to train yourself not to be angered by anything that happens. For this same reason, we are all being led through a growing up period before the scepter of silver will be handed to those of us who can handle it? So yes, I do think he's he's training for spiritual warfare. Hell yeah! Against dude. trans people, I think. Hell yeah, <laughs> I don't dude! Really know. He shall genocide those who choppeth off their cocks. Oh, I spoke too soon. There's a bit more on this battle. Quote: As we defeat the Draco presence on Earth, we are indeed resolving an ancient interplanetary war that has gone on for hundreds of thousands of years. Michael also says, "Secede against the Union," which is a callback to uh, the Civil War. Thank you for explaining that, David. We are seeing a civil war play out in America now. Most people do not realize that the outcome of this battle will defeat a much greater villain in interplanetary war. Hell yeah, dude! Cold civil war—that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Against the Dracos at that. Um, oh, it, it, this David was also losing his fastball when it came to uh, channeling. Because I think 
something tells me around the tail end of 1998, David started to like really feel himself in terms of how good his prophecy was. Uh, but then I think he like overexcited himself and he was worried he was inserting too much of himself into the readings because uh, he continuously asks Archangel Michael during these readings like, hey, was that you or me saying that? <laughs> Which is a crazy thing to do it's with so the funny, voices like, in your head. Was that me thinking that or was that you? Couldn't really tell. You, should, kinda... you shouldn't have to think about whether or not the thoughts coming from your head are your own thoughts. They're all kind of blended <laughs> in at this point. That's a dangerous place to be. But it, it was all for naught because uh, Archangel Michael, he, he tells David, like, hey, uh, you woke up at 5.55 today, so don't trip. Word. It, because repeating numbers yeah. means you're good. And David's like, yeah, that makes sense. You're right. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're right. right. How could I? How could I forsake? That's a good point, Archangel Michael. Uh, Michael finally gets back to harping on the queers. Quote, Hell yeah. But to go inside the rainbow where the colors are brighter is to become bathed in the purity of the light as it is then seen and to allow it to wash through you without filtration or distortion. David Snow. Michael is again making predictive statements about the rainbow LGBT flag that, it, <laughs> that has been aggressively promoted by the deep state, <laughs> leading to light boycotts. When Ooh. beer is, quote, washed through filtration, it becomes light beer. Hell yeah, dude. I'm not really sure that's how it works. I don't think so either. I think but light beer just has less calories. That's <laughs> how I would guess it worked, though. It's, if I were a stupid man mm. and you asked me how do they make light beer, that's what I would come up they with. They filter it. I don't, uh, you know, light beer has slightly less alcohol content, so I guess maybe it is filtered. I just assume they watered it down more. I'm also not sure what the the one to one ratio on calories to drunkenness is. There's a I don't know either. There's a specific kind of math you have to do when you're an alcoholic, which is yeah, you know, most bang for your buck. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So efficiency. Well, because Bud Light, depending on the state, it's like four point five percent alcohol. But then you got malt liquors, but some of those are only like six point two. That's why you got yeah. Steel Reserve is like eight point two. Yeah. OE is seven point six, something like that. It's amazing how this information just gets stuck in your fucking head. <laughs> but the calorie level scales up. It does. Well, see, a 40 of old English is 660 calories. Yeah. And the, but, you know, a light beer is like 100 and some change. Well, before the Prohibition times, they used to market beer as bread in a can. I mean, it kind of is. You can live a long time just drinking beer. Yeah, it's just bread it's in a can. you got carbs, calories. It's, it's got everything you need. It's bread in a can. Including poison. <laughs> <laughs> but bread in a can. <laughs> uh, oh, right. Light beer. David might also, uh, this is the best development because this is, of all the arcs he's gone on, this is the one I most hope is the one he gets stuck on. Yeah. Which is the, was it, ten, was it three days or ten days of darkness? Ten days? I wrote I three say days. ten days. But yeah, I, I wrote re- three days here, but it that doesn't, doesn't really sound matter. Right. But yes, uh, the the days of darkness for those who don't recall is David. This was during was it during COVID or when was it? It was around uh, yeah, twenty twenty. It was during COVID, and he said that we were all going to be locked inside our house, and then the military was going to play videos on our TV of yeah. uh, child trafficking or something. They were going to play all the like the videos that were too, too heinous to yeah. play on the internet, so everybody he, would wake up. He mentions uh, videographers and how they're going to cause the next series of events to take place, and he's pretty clear. He means like some sort of video will be uh, released yeah. that's like hard for the public to watch. I'm guessing he means Frazzle Drip. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He should get more shit. 
for that 10 days of darkness thing he was doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the ones that really broke him because he was so wrong about it. God, but he must have felt so close to being right, though. COVID yeah. for him was, was almost the promised it. land. Yeah. He was so, the, the government locked us in our houses. It really was exactly what he was preparing for. And he still had to be greedy. I yeah. think we were going to get a video of Hillary Clinton raping a child. Cutting her face off. Uh, we go from that to Francis Bacon with Shakespeare. That's not actually insane. I've heard that before. Me too. Here's here's the Wikipedia breakdown of that theory. The uh, the Baconian, the theory of Shakespeare authorship, holds that Sir Francis Bacon, philosopher, essayist, and scientist, wrote the plays, which were publicly attributed to William Shakespeare. Various explanations are offered for this uh, alleged subterfuge, most commonly that Bacon's rise to office might have been hindered if it became known that he wrote plays for the public stage. Thus, the plays were credited to Shakespeare, who was merely a front to shield the identity of Bacon. There's um, there's not really, like, a lot of evidence for that theory. It's mostly just throughout history. There are some drunk, rich people who are like, hey, wouldn't it be fucking wild if Francis Bacon was Shakespeare? It's, that was, those were the far-right conspiracies the other day. Like, dude, fucking Shakespeare, Francis Bacon. They were the Joe Rogans back yeah. then. Hey, man, you know, like, <laughs> I think Shakespeare's Francis Bacon, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just some guy drinking mead yeah. in a cave. Look, talking to his friends. I mean, like, I read this theory on YouTube. <laughs> I read it on a tablet, yeah. <laughs> a stone tablet. Have you heard of the stoned ape theory? <laughs> That's uh, That theory is not the version David's service, though. In David's version, Francis Bacon is the illegitimate love child of Queen Elizabeth and her unpopular secret lover, Lord Dudley. It's a terrible name for a secret lover. Uh, so Francis gets handed off to be raised by someone else, but he grew up and fell in love with his own mother. Oh, and once, God. Once that was revealed, he got banished from the kingdom. This banishment obviously, you know, created resentment. And Bacon began to write his plays as a way of revealing the evils of high society. For example, uh. The Tempest was about the Knights Templar. Uh. The, I, I don't remember enough about The Tempest to contradict or, or uh, approve of that theory. The idea here being that uh, Bacon knew all the hidden knowledge and believed anyone could ascend where they're given the information. And I think it's convenient that David says Francis Bacon believed the exact same things back then that David believes today. You know. It's funny how often that works. People seem to think exactly like the person writing about them. David does seem to find a lot of commonality with these people regards to his ideas. Here's, uh, and then for seemingly no reason. I also like the Francis Bacon just Oedipus Rexed himself. Yeah, falling in love. Oh, God, I wanted to fuck my mom. I got to go somewhere on a, <laughs> on a quest. Well, also, it doesn't explain how they knew it was him, like, or how they knew he was related to the woman. Like, someone would have to know in order to tell him, but why uh, was that person involved in this? I don't life? know, but that must have been a shitty day for him. To find out you've been trying to fuck uh, your mom? Yeah, hey, that's a rough one. <laughs> dude, that's your mom, bro. <laughs> what? No way. Here's uh, David deciphering a crop circle which we nice. talked about crop circles last time. There's really, uh, I'll just read it. It's fucking, it's just such a pointless endeavor. Quote, well, all right. So remember the key thing here. David says crop circles uh, are like alien thought forms. Right, right. So right. the same way that when we think something, we get like a specific brainwave. And that brainwave will later be used to manifest physical reality. This is the alien version of that. Of course. With that in mind. 
when we combine these resources together, we can decipher the overall message. In my dream, where the Day of the Dead Gene Simmons face was dressed over the coffin of JFK Jr., my brother had also tried to work my own wicker chair into the design. We then discussed how The Wicker Man was a film that revealed much of the inner workings of the cult that most people now call the Deep State. The Just the fact that he has a dream where JFK has Gene Simmons' face is... The Wicker Man is a symbol of how the Deep State manipulate people, treat them as fools, and work as a group to lead them into their own sacrificial ruin. The Deep State has been betraying our entire planet by failing to release the countless UFO-related technologies that have been secretly acquired. Now the Deep State's karma has returned on them. They have become the Wicker Man. In this case, all of the arrests and trials are being done ethically. The basket also again shows us the tetrahedral DNA pattern that we are uh, reviewing in other formations. The circles together form a six-sided pattern. This formation indicates that the vibrational expansion of our DNA is fueling the efforts of the Alliance to expose and arrest the Deep State. Word. He got all that from shapes, from hexagons and such. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone cuckoo. Yeah, he really has. Um, You know, as stupid as his dreams are, I'm kind of upset he didn't include more of them in this uh, volume. Just, just because they're, they're he's, he's got a rash in them at this point. Well, here's uh, here's him predicting his girlfriend getting hit by a car. Quote: I wasn't quite looking where I was going, and the next thing I know, my own car crashed into a white car in front of me from behind. I couldn't believe my bad luck. I was really excited about the sex I'd had, and then <laughs> <laughs> see that's why I wish he would do it because sometimes something like that slips through. I was so excited I'd gotten laid. Uh, these he. Someone, if I have a time machine, I'll just go back to, uh, like, the beginning of 99, maybe the end of 98, and just tell David to beat off. <laughs> like, dude, you just gotta, you gotta just jerk, jerk off. it, dude. And this'll all go away. Uh, right, so he's really excited about the sex I'd had. And then this happened. I suspected karma, but I didn't know what was going on exactly. I asked the driver if he was okay. He did have some sort of a neck problem. I said, let's try to make this as friendly as possible since we are already friends. I will just pay the bills for one or two chiropractor visits that you might have to go through. That way, we won't have to go through lawyers and stuff. For some reason, I never thought about auto insurance, collusion, and stuff. He told me almost as soon as I had hit him that he was supposed to have a wedding, but it was canceled. Just, nice. Just worthless and information. Stuff. Just worthless. He had a neck problem and, and stuff. stuff. So I, I said I'd pay for a chiropractor and, and stuff. stuff. <laughs> just a, a fucking illiterate buffoon. <laughs> just a fucking monkey with a typewriter. Uh, uh, David, now this is something I've been wanting him to do. He finally tries his hand at taking one of his passages and predicting something that'll occur in uh-huh. the future as opposed to waiting for something to Previously. happen and then retrofitting his prophecy. Yes, yes. He, he did, you know, just steal this from uh, the X-22 report, which is, I think, some sort of talk show he's a big fan of. But anyway, someone's going to shoot missiles at America. Cool. David's note. This, again, appears to be prophetic of the frequent concerns we hear on X-22 report that the deep state might stage a missile attack against America. If the brief flickering candle in line one represents a missile, this is supported with terms like jet propulsion laboratory and this process of being an astronaut. If an attack does happen, such a projectile would be a brief flickering candle having great difficulty in its operation due to yet unseen countermeasures that are in place. I know what some of the countermeasures are, as well as who manufactures them. Dave from X-22 Report has also had... Is Dave from X-22 Report paying for fucking mentions in this? I don't know, but that sounds like David's got a crush. 
Dave from X-22 Report has also hinted that any type of attack like this would be shot down. I hope this whole scenario never happens in the physical reality. That last yeah. sentence couldn't be further from the truth. He prays that oh. one of his predictions come true every day. God, it'd be so sick for David if we got hit by missiles. He just needs one really good one can get him back on track. It's, yeah. the, beauty, it's the beauty of prophecy because it's like being um, like a home run hitter. Yeah. Sure, you strike out a bunch. But if you get one. But if you get on a hot streak and you get one game, you hit two home runs or something, yeah, you're back. You're going to forget. Back in the good graces. All those strikeouts. Here's... Uh, I think this is one of the best representations of the type of mind we're, we're getting insight into. Uh, Davis note, I had been so inspired by Michael's words that I got my yearbook, opened it up, and forgave everyone that I had problems with in high school. <laughs> I looked at each of their faces as I did this and allowed myself to cry and be sincere. <laughs> So, so David Oh god David I'm so sorry David is Johnny a, Maltesato oh, I shouldn't have been mean to you David is alone in the woods I think it's the other way around He's forgiving them for bullying oh, That's okay you <laughs> called me gay Johnny So David's in the woods Staring at his high school yearbook And talking to the pictures and yeah, crying Crying about how they made fun of him Yeah that's a perfectly normal thing to do Oh it's so sad uh, we move on to David accusing the Da Vinci Code of being a double psyop. Damn, uh, a dual psyop? Well, it's made to make us think the elites are good. Here's, here's his explanation. Rosalind likely refers to Rosalind Chapel, which plays a key role in the Da Vinci Code. The Rose Line is the concept of a secret bloodline descended from Jesus. Rosalind symbolizes the deep state. Da Vinci Code was likely intended to fool us into thinking that those in the deep state are all descendants of the lineage of Jesus. Insiders have told me that in reality, the Illuminati associate with the bloodline of Cain, uh, associate with the bloodline of Cain and other figures from the Old Testament. Michael speaks about Rosalind giving out granules of truth. This is possible reference to how scientists have found granules of graphene within the inoculations. Or... Michael talks about wiping out a killer strain. This is a clear prophecy of COVID and the inoculations, which Rosalind or the deep state was responsible for. We are told not to worry, as all of these events have been anticipated in the plan. The plan is capitalized. Like, Damn. it's a proper thing. Like black people? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We... Man, I like that he's just now getting to the Da Vinci Code. It's... Yeah, 20 I, years after it's come out. I think he's grasping at straws at this point. Hey, you guys remember the Da Vinci Code? He's like, what have I not talked about? Yeah, what if the Da Vinci Code was a reverse psyop? What if it's a psyop of a psyop? Yeah. Here's uh, here's one of his long epic dreams that I won't, I won't subject you to all of uh, this one. But uh, the basic premise here is in the dream, he was at a spiritual retreat, and then it turns out, the people leading the spiritual retreat were kidnapping the participants and turning them into ground beef. Word. In a sort of, I guess, you know, soil and green is people kind of move. I think it's you know supposed to be that. So uh, in this dream, David cracks the case and realizes that they're eating everyone instead of, you know, trying to help them spiritually. And instead of trying to help anyone, he tries to flee. Uh, but first he has to remind us that women want to have sex with him. Quote, <laughs> at this point, my whole focus was not really even to spread the word, just to get the hell out of there. I was then running through the building. I finally came upon these two women. They were the same two waitresses who had served me before in the country club area. 
I was in the same type of place now. They were asking me where I was going. I didn't even want to tell them, so I didn't. The waitresses were trying to appeal to me in very sexual ways, change my mind and stay there, but I didn't want to. Damn, sirens. Even with their seductiveness, I just said no. Hell Which, yeah, David. What a shitty hero story. Is I said no to pussy. He, he, first of all, he doesn't help anyone, and then he turns down fucking. So he doesn't save anyone, he doesn't fuck. Yeah. And that's his hero's journey. That's David's superpower, turning down pussy. Well, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like if there was a James Bond and all he did was get drunk at the bar. Yeah. And he just turned down, he turned down all the Bond girls. And, I'm not sleeping with you, you no. harlot. Get out of here, whore. I have yeah. a martini to drink. He's just... Bartender. Three finger vodka. Where was I? All right. And with that, we move on to Section 7, August 1999, Part 2. We are now still on our second month. Nice. <laughs> We're still on the second month of this. Quote, she developed to the center of them. Braziers, I have started both of my businesses surrounding women. Now I just want to sell cosmetics. David's note. I saw this exact sentence structure very clearly in a mental picture and dictated it as I went along. This is clearly about the trans agenda we are seeing today. <laughs> One of Dylan Mulvaney's PR deals with was with Maybelline Cosmetics. Hell yeah, dude. So just the word braziers is enough for him to... Uh, braziers and makeup must yeah, be trans. It's the trans agenda. It's not like, you know, women <laughs> use those things as well. Um this one, this next theory is interesting because I don't know that this theory existed prior to him needing to invent it to make his prophecy make sense. Quote, symbolically, Edward VIII took flying ale and found multi-million dollars in Balkans. David's note. Edward VIII appears to refer to Zelensky, who may be the reincarnation of Edward VII. See their uh, comparison photo below. Edward VII looks less like Zelensky. He was king of England for less than a year before abdicating the throne to love an American woman named Wallace Simpson. That's a terrible name. Uh, hold on. Let me bring up this picture, though. Throw that up there. Because I don't, I don't think they look alike. Nah, they look exactly the same. Because the eyes are different. The nose is different. The ear shape's different. Yeah, but... The hairline is different. But they're both Jewish. I think that's kind of all it is. Yeah, can't you see the Jewishness in their face? I guess the overall head shape is vaguely similar, but everyone's head shape is vaguely similar. Well, it's also <laughs> a man... got the same head. It's also one man with a full beard and no hair, and one man with a full head of hair and no beard. Yes, he could not have picked a worse picture yeah. for comparison purposes. It's not a great comparison photo. All right, you can take that down. Back to back to the important work. Um, I think, yeah, so at this point, I, I think I just started, like, inserting my own prophecy in here to keep me from going crazy, but I read this... Uh, because I'm, I'm starting to wonder if I'm just reading too far into things or maybe I'm, I'm perceiving things accurately. Quote, the elder statesmen feel that an inappropriate gesture towards a minor is cause for great alarm and discomfort. And then a few pages later, we get, quote, and so the question between I liked and I saw two full-sized women should now no longer be a question of fantasy. And I just, so quickly after a passage about pedophilia, I found it very bizarre that he felt the need to indicate he was attracted to full-sized women. Well, David's no pedophile. 
Yes, but I feel like most people who aren't pedophiles don't need to indicate, like, hey, that person I'm attracted to, fully grown, not a child. I'm into them legal women. I'm into full size, not bite size. Maybe he thought fully grown was the correct term. It could be. Instead Uh, of adult, he's like, no, this one is ripened well enough for (laughs) me. I don't like them when they're bitter and young. Yes. Here's uh. Here's David talking about the very timely my pillow. Now, it would have been funny if David was like, "We gotta talk about the age of consent, <laughs> why it's too high." He's gonna move to a foreign country. He's like, yeah. "Fuck, fourteen-year-old." Fourteen is historically accurate. Or I guess in his case, he'd be moving there to not have sex with yeah. them. <laughs> no, no, I'm turning down your young pussy today. Doom, 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 doom. Now I can't <laughs> stop thinking about James Bond just getting <laughs> drunk at a bar and not doing anything. Uh, he just gets hammered instead of fucking. Yeah, it's just a uh, ninety-minute movie where guys just getting increasingly Bond. hammered. Bond, how's the mission going? Ah, fucking no, I'm getting a drink. Fuck you, Q. Fuck, I gotta do everything. Why are you getting... How about 006? He never does anything. <laughs> the mainstream connection finds its way over to the lemon juice square that this whole mascot originated within in the first place. Damn, reading lemon juice. I've been wanting lemon squares for the last little while. I'm not a big fan. I haven't had lemon squares in like a decade. It feels like it was a dessert of my youth. Yeah, it was a pastime. Yeah, now I don't get them anymore. Uh, It is there where I got, sorry, I got sidetracked by dessert. (laughs) It is there where we will find one Frank McLaughlin, an American of God, connected in many ways, who has the plan, plan again, capitalized, and does possess those elements of righteous indignation characteristic of the more self-serving vibrations. David's note. This is interesting. So this note he inserted on October 9th of 2021, but then... Repeatedly during other parts of this book, he talks about how he didn't unseal these prophecies until, you know, 2022 and 2023. So I don't know if that's a typo or he's lying. Well, there's a lot of timelines to keep track of. I also am convinced he still doesn't quite know what year it is. That's true. He could be in living in the wrong year. Well, because he exists in, you know, like five different timelines at yeah. this point. So what's I, a year to yeah, him? Yeah, what's, what's it matter? He's a, uh, you know, a never dying being. Um... Right, so David's note, a prophetic reference to Mike Lindell. His video network is called Frank. Is it really? That's a fucking terrible day for a video network. I thought it was Lindell TV. He admits to a self-serving past as a cocaine addict. Mick is like Mike, and Laughlin ends in Lynn, like his name Lindell. Plus it has the word laugh before the word Lynn. Lindell is known for being a very funny guy. Lemon juice... Of course, lemon juice is the inoculations. Square is the alleged nanotech chip component. Word. The COVID situation left a sour taste at everyone's mouth, Ooh. just like lemon juice would. Damn. Yeah. Uh, the mainstream connection finds its way over to the lemon juice square. Mike Lindell sells his pel- my pillow products with the same congenial cheer as you would see with a lemonade stand <laughs> on the side of the road. God damn, that is a reach. Hey, can I interest you in some pillows? It's a nice hot day outside. Wouldn't a cold, refreshing my pillow make you feel better? Now, this one, uh, this next one, I included just because he does the thing where you know most of the passages I actually find the most interesting in this book, he just lets pass without comment. Nice. So here's this one: "Quote, look, Billy, Peter, and Paul also reason you have to somehow straight off course in your alignments and intentions at present, in order to reaffirm their validity and wealth. We are giving you these messages in the here and now." 
So Peter and Paul in that uh, represent the, the biblical apostles. But then Billy, he's it's, he's supposed to represent Bill W., who is one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. But he doesn't explain why Bill W. is in his dreams. I'd have assumed Billy Bob Thornton. I fucking hate Bill W. I had to look at a picture of that piece of him and Dr. Bob every goddamn day. <laughs> fucking waste of time. Buried in the middle of a reading is the fact that people who can uh, channel are the superstars of the higher realm. So, yes, David views himself as a superstar of the higher realm. I mean, of course, David's a superstar wherever he goes. It's probably only a matter of time before that gets worked into his bio. Where you know, Superstar? Uh, yes. The, yeah. Star of Ancient Aliens, New York Times bestselling author, and superstar of the higher realm, yeah. David Wilcock. Uh, David, Sick title, don't get me wrong. Oh, it's great, especially if it's true. Yeah, superstar of the higher realms. When it's not true, it just makes you look uh, you know, delusional and crazy. Yeah, like a schizophrenic. Uh, speaking of schizophrenic, David keeps doing this thing where he tap dances around being Jesus Christ, but he just kind of like won't. Can't commit to it yet? Because here's another, uh, there, there's a dream, and there's another one where he lets kind of pass without saying anything. Um, he's out in the middle of the lake with his uh, followers and he gets word that some sort of disease is coming to wipe everyone out. So everyone freaks out and uh, turns to David for help. And David transforms into an angel and starts walking on water. Hell yeah, dude. This uh, dream passes without comment from David, but having read his interpretation of all the other dreams, it's pretty clear to suss out what he's getting at here. The pestilence in the dream is obviously COVID, and he sees himself as a literal miracle worker who is the savior of humanity. Hell yeah, dude. David's going full savior. And then, unfortunately, from there, he dips back into the pyramid inch shit, which we're going to skip, except to note that uh, in the pyramid inch timeline, we would now be in the air shafts of the king's chamber. And I guess being in the air shafts is a, a metaphor for ascension. Word. Makes sense. Yeah. And then he gives us some, uh, some insight into the lizard person phenomenon. David's note, quote, a prevailing theme online in 1999 was the idea that the elites were alien shape-shifting creatures, just like in the classic television series V, not humans. It appears that this intel was loosely based on various negative entity hallucinations that people may see while involved in dark occult ritual ceremonies. However, David Icke's overall in intel has been validated, has it? Once we understand how people end up seeing genuine demonic overlays upon the faces of others in rituals. So I think he's saying... The lizard people we've seen here aren't necessarily lizard people, but, like, people with the CGI overlay. Ah, uh, so it's just been hallucinating the lizard people. Kind of, yes. I mean, that's fairly rational. Uh, some more of what to expect after Ascension, David's note. After the 100 to 700 year period, that's so, so long, it's so long, uh, when all of the remaining humans have ascended, the Earth will then experience the tilling of the soil, that is, harvest. Given what a mess we've created, the next one may be as big as the Lake Toba supervolcano. Then the planet gets a nice fresh surface for 4D to work with. So Word. It's supposed to be some sort of, you know, cataclysmic Just event, I guess. Wipe the slate and start fresh. Yep, shaking it like an edge sketch. Section 8, still in August. August 1999, <laughs> part 3. Uh, this one isn't even word magic. This is just new levels of lazy. So one of the passages... It uses the word laundry, um, not out of context or anything. It's just talking about fucking laundry. Laundry, right. So do remember, they found cocaine in the White House. And you know what they do with money from cocaine? 
they launder it. Damn, which means son. he predicted cocaine in the White House. Hell yeah, bro. There's also a uh, later reading that just has the phrase "one room" in it, and then David jumps in there to say the cocaine was found in a room. One room. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. He's right. He's got us there. Look, there's rooms all over the place. Look, and that the one co- cocaine. The cocaine was in a room in the White House. Oh, I like that style of prophecy where you just say the most generic noun, and then anything that happens related yeah. to that noun, you can take credit for. Mm, what happened in a room as of late? Yes. <laughs> Has there been any goings on in rooms? Has anything happened in a room that we're aware of? Are anything people, new? Are people doing things in a room? Yeah, are they still doing that? Is things in a room still in? Things, stuff, perhaps? Uh, going along the David being Jesus theme, we, we now get David's version of the Ten Commandments, I think. Hell yeah, dude. He just titles them the Eight Moral Sentences. <laughs> it's not as catchy a name. I think he they, hit him with the Dr. Soda version of yeah, the Ten yeah, Commandments. This, it's not great. The Eight Moral Sentences. I just like that he thought he could get it done in fewer than ten. I know. Well, David's better than Well, the I guess t- two of the ten have to do with God, uh... Sabbath day holy, Lord's name in vain. Oh, no, and no gods before me. Three of the ten are, are yeah. related to God. So here's David's uh, take at it. Number one, an array of solitudes awaits those who seek the magical truth of inner peace through service to others. Two, only those who behave in an orderly and friendly way will have orderly and friendly lives. Three, Word. to mislead another is to mislead the self. Four, the anxieties of special children arise from the anxieties of their parents. That seems like one that's just more... By special, does he mean autistic? Retarded, yes, perhaps. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about that one, dude. I think uh, that's more him letting his own childhood cloud... Okay, it wasn't his, his fault, it was his parents. Which I agree, when we went through Awakening in the Dream, it certainly seems like his mother is responsible for the monster we see before she us. She does seem to have done a number on him. Yeah, you gotta beat this kind of things out of your uh, children. Number five... Salute those who do not have a will, as someday their experiences might make them even stronger than yourselves. Six, legends of old describe that the wisdom of the ages can be transformed into compassion. Discover this for yourself. Number seven, in all things, see only unity and oneness, and you cannot slip or slide. Number eight, remember your true identity, and nothing will fail you. It's ironic that he is severely violated number eight. I don't yeah. think David knows who he is at all. He's 40 different people at this I point. feel like most of those are just variations of themselves. All this shit is horse shit. Yeah. It's all just don't be a fucking dick. It'd have been funny if he was like, try not to be gay. <laughs> Pray away any homosexual Pray thoughts. Away. Don't have sex with women because that might lead yeah. to sex with men. Stop <laughs> buying uh, sizzle jackets. I think, there, I think there's another one or two homosexual dreams in this that we'll eventually get to. Hell yeah. Uh, well, and before that, you know, with, with the, the sweet must come the sour, I feel like I have to do this, uh, as punishment to the audience for me, for me reading these books is once, once every time I get through these books, I will subject you to a full length David dream. Look, it's collateral damage. It all hurt. Just remember, I'm about to read this. This is only going to be like two pages. There, there was 333 pages of this. There's actually, you know, like 3,000 at this point between all the books. Yeah. So just everyone relax, take a drink, smoke something, and listen to the dreams of David Wilcock. Let me, let me get a sip of water myself. Dream. This was really incredible. It built up and built <laughs> up, but I never could have imagined where it was going to go. 
It had a lot of different sections. One part took place inside some sort of classroom. It was like a drama class. And people were dressing up. They were getting ready to do this elaborate stage production. One of the girls who was right near me was from high school. She had a locker right next to mine. And it was also close to where another female friend's locker was. I actually kissed her in this room when we were getting more materials for the play. Then I realized that Sabrina was there. I felt really bad that she saw it. Sabrina was his girlfriend at the time. Right. I didn't want her to be jealous, get upset with me, or anything else. There was a lot of other people in the class where I met and kissed this girl. It keeps repeating it like it's going to make him not gay. I was sitting with my old friend Eric L. He had some very perverse pictures. He was trying to share some very per- oh, perverse no. writings from a certain musical group with me. I didn't want to be involved with it. Already, there were lots of people who were rumor milling about Sabrina and the girl I just kissed. They were talking to each other and getting the whole thing going. Then this really famous psychic guy was supposed to come to our school and do these tricks as he went through. He couldn't make it, so they sent his son, who was still old enough to have a mustache and be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> just such a childlike That's, perspective. He had a mustache, he, so he's adult. adult. Yeah. He can grow facial hair, which makes him a big boy. I kind of relate to that. I wish I'd grow a beard or a mustache. He was wearing a rather flashy cape. Grace fucking Liberace the psychic. He was supposed to walk through the circuit. It was initially inside of a big building, and it had some reminiscences to the theater building at New Paltz. For whatever reason, I was compelled to walk ahead of the cape-wearing kid. Now he's a kid, a sentence later. He was just a man. I basically ended up walking in front of this magician with my hands out, like I was sensing where the people were going to be for him. I felt like since he was only the son of a great psychic, he might not do as well, so I needed to help him. As I walked through backstage warehouse type of area, the magician's son finally asked me why I was doing this, asking me if I was psychic. I told him that I had repetitively repetitively documented ability. We eventually came into a wide open area. I believe it was outdoors, but there was a concrete floor. We saw a big group of other people when we got uh, got out there. At that point, things kind of got fuzzy. I'm not sure what happened. I think that when I hit that point, after that point, I started to have ascended abilities. I realized that this dream has symbolic parallels with my uh, arrival at the ARE. That's uh, like the Edgar Cayce Institute. Right. I went up to the second floor of a building. I believe it was the second floor. That's the part that drives me the most insane about this is when he does shit like that where he's like, you know, we were outside. I think it was outside. We were on the second floor. I think it was the second floor. It doesn't matter. Just say it. Just say it. What am I going to do? Question your dreams? Yeah. It happened in your head in uh, 1999. Yeah, there's other stuff I'm fine with, but (laughs) second floor. You sure? It wasn't a third floor? Yeah. Uh where was I? Uh, there might have been a bullet hole in the glass. I met with a guy who I now realize has strong similarities to the person I met with at the ARE to share my story about Casey reincarnated. That was obviously a big part of that. I was just having another conversation about it yesterday where I really made some incredible progress processing what happened. This guy was very interested in my story. I was doing some remarkable ascended abilities in his office, levitation, etc. He seemed to be threatened or scared by me, and I didn't quite know what to do. I kept looking for a bathroom. Those schemas were worked into my dream in various ways, due to my own physical needs in my body. Then I got a telepathic burst that instantly briefed me on a particular book. The contents of the book apparently featured a large aquatic monster that was terrorizing the people and causing a great deal of disharmony. I believe that more time elapsed. I came back to the same office where I had talked to this guy, and there was President Clinton sitting in his office. Hell yeah, I will say that the eyes were different. The glasses were very old-fashioned ovals. As I talked to him more, he stabilized more into Clinton, but he still had the glasses and beard. I said, I know why you are here. He 
Uh, he said, yes. I said, you must be feeling threatened by me. He agreed. I realized, that the <laughs> I realized that the reason why he felt threatened was that I had been able to levitate things with such ease, even large things. I, so I think this is part of the other reason why David is uh, not figuring too well. Is uh, something like uh, that sort of sentence where he believes the reason people aren't around him is because he's developed scary psychokinetic abilities he's too powerful right because he there was also the the story he tells where he uh you know as a kid he played the number guessing game right but he always got the number right because he's psychic so yeah, you know it so scared his friends away yeah so i think he thinks people don't want to hang out with him because he has this psychokinetic ability when it's really he's an insane person yeah. who believes he has a psychokinetic ability and that's the reason people don't want to be around you yeah. people would flock to be around you if you could manufacture or manipulate uh, space-time with your mind. No, there's nothing wrong with me. They just can't <laughs> stand a psychic. But yes, the idea that... Uh, I'm just too alpha for everyone I'm, else. Yeah, well, he fucking he cucked Bill Clinton in this dream. Yeah, show. dude. Oh, and don't worry. This dream is not remotely close to done. <laughs> uh, he agreed. I realized that the reason why he felt threatened was that I was able to levitate things with such ease, even large things. I had these incredible psychic telekinesis type effects on physical matter. The deeper message was that I had a spiritual purpose. Clinton and I ended up having a really long conversation. He had been trying to talk to this guy in the office in order to figure out more about me. Then when I showed up in person, we really got talking. I gave him several demonstrations of these ascended type abilities. He was impressed. We walked into the other room. He said... What do you really want me to do for you? What do you want us to do for you? At first, I said that I didn't know. In the back of my mind, I was worried that even with my ascended abilities, the Secret Service could very easily rub me out. I, I hope he means getting beat <laughs> off by the sun. Uh, at some point, we came over to this window. It was as if we were right near an airport. It was nighttime, and the dark was falling. And I mean, my God. These ships were taking off and flying past us. They had incredible size and shape. None of them were anything like what I was used to seeing. You could make out their structures a little against the background darkness. There were all these little lights that gave them, uh, or lights on them that gave you an idea of the form. The vision was so sophisticated and so high tech. There were five or six of them in a row that took off. They were so amazingly beautiful that I was just stunned. I kind of took it in stride at the time. I just saw that it was like an airport. The very first one was the biggest. It seemed to be a combination between a blimp and a jet. It looked like a blimp's body, but it had a jet's engine on its back. Surprisingly, he doesn't tie that into train shit, which it's I a, thought he would. A blimp with a jet engine. Well, I think he, he uh, slipped back into his stealth blimp idea. Word, word. Uh, I'm going to take mercy on everyone. That dream kept going for a very long time. That's probably <laughs> that's probably about 30% of that dream. Yeah. But the, the main story is he, he talks to Clinton, and uh, he tries to get the government to help reveal cosmic secrets, but the government won't help, and then he has to do it on his own. And then finally, in the analysis of the dream, David said that dream was a recreation of when Valiant Thor met with Eisenhower and Valiant Thor's plans were shot down by Eisenhower. Ah, he's just repeating the cycle. Right, because he, his father, is, is Thor. Of course, so he was destined to be turned down by a president. Correct, and his mother is the Virgin Mary. Right, <laughs> of course. Uh, a much briefer dream, and this one thankfully gets straight to the point. Dream. 
there was a teacher who seemed very homosexual. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was lecturing to a class, but also trying to include me in the lectures as he went along. At one point, he asked me if I had read Mein Kampf by Hitler. I said that I hadn't, and he seemed surprised. He was concerned that there was a fan blowing on him and that the air was too cold. That might have been analog in the physical to the window being open here. David's note, another prophetic reference to the current issues we face in our schools. So I think, you know, that's another trans agenda dream. The LGBTs trying to get us to read Mein Kampf. Yeah, man, they're, they're going to turn us into Nazi socialists. Excuse <laughs> me, David, have you read Mein Kampf? I think you'd really like it. We're, we're getting close to the end here, and... Uh, it's this, It's a book about this guy who had some interesting ideas about how we solve the Jewish problem. Gay mind comp. <laughs> this, uh, this was a perfect dream to kind of wrap part of this book up on because it really just... David's mind is fucking its spaghetti at this point. It, I mean, it's, it's shot. There's nothing left. Quote, the cat illuminates a whole spectrum. David's note... Since cats are hunters, the cat may be Hunter Biden. No. He has indeed illuminated a whole spectrum of, of, cocaine. Al- of Illuminati misdeeds. Rainbows are also a spectrum. Damn. Yeah. He is right. Rainbows do be like a spectrum of colors. He's right. Well, see, he, he had a dream about a cat in the light spectrum, which means yeah. Hunter Biden pushing the, the gay agenda and having <laughs> cocaine in the White House. That's a perfectly normal thing to think. Perfectly normal interpretation. Yes. Uh, now, to actually wrap this up, we're, David's uh, going to put out a new video course based on these books. I don't yeah. I don't think it's going to be free. I think he, he of needs... Of course not. He can't give away this gold for free. He needs free. The cash money for his payment uh, yeah. plan. For his back taxes. I don't... I don't think it's going to be a good series. I mean, it's a money grab. Yes. Uh, well, he even says that. David's note. Chris, <laughs> I need the money. Chris Beskar, who uh, Stavati. Chris Beskar and I are going to release a video course in September that will greatly expand upon these books with inside intel and solve my tax problems. <laughs> I, I do like how he's so upfront about the fact <laughs> that he's... And solve my tax problems. That he's deep in the fucking hole. <laughs> yeah, he's just being real with you, everyone, you know? And then finally, this is the last prediction of the book. David predicts the very important stuff. Quote, we're also aware that a cosmic toilet of sorts is going on in the public consciousness at this time. David's note, Chris Beskar just had an epic toilet disaster this past weekend on <laughs> July 7th. <laughs> 35, <laughs> 35 baby wipes were accidentally flushed in his entire house. He shit up. so much, he destroyed his toilet. I want to know where the 35 number came from. Did he count the amount of baby it's wipes? It's two more than 33. So that's uh, that That was it, guys. That was <laughs> David Wilcock. Well, yeah. Number uh, book five of the trilogy. Thank God there's only one of these left. Yeah, I don't know how much more my sanity can take. Well, it's just it's devolving into hard to hard to mock. It's too... Yes, it's hard it's to... It's not lucid enough. Yeah, it's hard to get content out of this because it's so... Ins- you know, it feels, it feels like instead of doing a full episode, we're recording like a hundred different shorts back to back to back. Yeah. Where it's... Uh, it's 
you know, it's pardon, uh, pardon the interruption where every topic gets like 90 yeah. seconds and it's just on to the next. Except every topic is gibberish. It's batshit insane. I mean, yeah. you get, he's talking about how he predicted how the guy he is inventing hover cars with ruined his toilet over the July 4th weekend. And he shit in his toilet. And from, he blew his toilet <laughs> up so bad he had to call Roto-Rooter. And then shit like that comes two pages after he basically says he's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, shit. Look, isolation is bad for an already unhealthy mind. Well, you get, uh, you know, it, you got to suffer to produce art, though. Who would have thought it would have been the crowds tethering David Wilcock to reality? Well, yeah, I, uh, I'm hoping that's what we're doing. I, I hope to serve as a mirror Just for a him little. to reflect upon yeah. what he's producing. It, now, it's great for us, him going insane is good content if he makes more videos it's fantastic that would be nice i wish he would cease to write in the written form yeah he's still fire in video form well because you know what the frustrating part is is these books take a long time to go through and then we only get you know two hours of content out of it yeah whereas when he does a video if he does a six hour video we're getting 10 hours out of it easy so this uh yes most most of the work that goes into these remains on the cutting room floor because yeah. most of it is so shitty it's just not useful it's just nonsense yeah yes literally like li- yeah. literally it's not uh understandable it's not comprehensible it's gibberish yeah it's absolutely nothing and with that in mind patreon.com slash hidden plain sight pod what do we got uh intervention, intervention. will be yeah, uh this upcoming, <laughs> this upcoming week. Yes, we did uh, the, <laughs> the famous episode with the lady who huffs duster. Duster lady rules. God dude. damn, it was a good one. Um, <laughs> at Hidden Plain Side Radio on Instagram. You're at Brandon Steele Hidden on Instagram. We are at The Hidden Pod. And I think, oh, are you doing a regular podcast with Alex now? Uh, the Colin show. Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. Night. yeah. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. Plug that. Go, go, uh, Sunday night, uh, nine central. Yeah. Nine Central. Nine Central. That'll uh, go find it on Twitter. They'll post about it yeah, when they do it. Yeah, you'll see it. All right. Hootie Hoo. Mamba out.